Hello, hello, beloved listeners. We are back with Jay and Angelo. It's me, Nancy, and we're the Odafest podcast crew. I never thought we'd hear you again. I was gone She's forever. Back. I know you counted. I heard they cut off your mouth. It could have been worse, but we'll get into that afterwards. They cut off two mouths? <laughs> it could have been worse. <laughs> Uh, but before we get into that, uh, some news and announcements. So on Saturday, the 5th of November, from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m., come join OdaFest as we celebrate the supernatural with a yokai-themed night festival. Tickets are available on site for $15 and will include your very own yokai-themed lantern, which you can use to take part in our lantern lighting ceremony. Then you can take it home as a souvenir. There will be presentations and panels happening both indoors and outdoors, as well as a small exhibitor's hall. Check out the event details via facebook.com slash Odafest. Yay! Oh, it's so soon. Remember, remember, the 5th of November. (laughs) Right? I was thinking it too. If you are listening to this podcast when it is coming out, you have a mere two and a half days to get your yokai watch plans indeed, in action indeed mere mere two days that's almost like telling a cosplayer that they have a mere three days to figure out their their cosplay setup for that weekend i believe finish, that's a challenge accepted. finishing settings of your cosplay i believe that's a common challenge i think that's just life is normal Absolutely. for cosplayers uh respect everyone always talk about the video game crunch where does the people Stand on the cosplay country. I mean, I 100% that cosplayers, I think that cosplayers should plan out and have their cosplays done well before convention time. But no, I think that's that always the, the ideal. That's always the optimistic uh, intent. Exactly. I don't think, Every I don't think anyone ever walks like into it intending to only have like a week to get their entire setup finished up. I mean, I think it's I think it's that same thing where like people sort of take pride in doing that, but really it's the same category, uh, especially when you're young. I find that people used to brag about like, oh, I pulled an all-nighter to finish this paper or I haven't been asleep in three days. Like it's a <laughs> like it's a brag. And back then it felt like a badge of honor. Yeah, but really you look at it, it's like, you dumb. <laughs> Not very yeah. smart. It's, uh... <laughs> At this point, an artist could show me like five lines and be like, this is my work over the last three <laughs> days. And I would look them. <laughs> I would stare at them right in the eye and I would tell them, damn good work. I'm proud of <laughs> you. You did it. <laughs> a part of me wonders if there isn't like a subconscious need for that level of adrenaline to be coursing through your veins. Adrenaline and caffeine. Because it's just part of the experience. I feel like it depends because there's different... As someone who has done many, many things creatively, I would say that there's two different kinds and I'm not justifying crunch. I am going to say that there's almost two different kinds of approaches. One of them, which is like, for example, when it comes to something like, I would say construction, like cosplay, for example, right? I believe that there's a factor where you could, you can really take that kind of thing step by step and build it over time, get resources over time, build components over time. 
But on the other hand, the other type of creative work that I'm thinking of is like maybe artistry or writing where there is like a drive um, where all your creative juices are sort of unified at that time. And you like it, it, it's different to write. I'm not saying that books are written in a day. I am not. But I am saying that like if you sort of start a book, writing a book, uh, let's say six months ago, the t- like the the your ev- the evolution of your writing changes over time. Whereas if you were to write something like much shorter, like just a chapter, for example, you are and, and somehow you punch out a chapter in like two days, three days, like so, like a sh- much shorter period of time. The energy and the thoughts that kind of go into it are all sort of melded. I feel like and, and they concentrated con- exactly. So there is something to be said about that where. You know, again, with construction, it's definitely more of a, like, I can understand the step-by-step um, approach, but yeah, like times like dr- I've been drawing or writing, there's definitely times where it's just like, it comes together in that moment, and I couldn't imagine writing it er- earlier or drawing it earlier, because the... Com- like the approach would be completely different over time. That is what you mm-hmm. call flow state. That's when you're in the state of mind... Where everything just <laughs> that's the avatar. flows through you, you I get see. to do it. It's less of you thinking consciously of what you're doing, and more just being like, mm-hmm. "Yes, I understand what I'm doing, and I don't have to think about it. It just happens." I feel that that's sort of like the muse, you know, the the ideal, the ideal sort of. That is the time you like, you know, you you become driven. And I'm not saying again, like cosplay and stuff like that can't be driven. I just think that there's a different feel to it. That being said, I don't build cosplay. So, so what the hell do I know? <laughs> I have barely ever cosplayed, but I have become intimately familiar with several cosplayers and every single one, every single one, they start planning out the cosplay a year ahead of time months ahead of time very rarely was it just a i will do this thing because it is meme yesterday uh really and every single time it comes down to the wire <laughs> the days before yeah. odafest or the days before animathon they are still gluing something together one of my first friends when i moved to calgary had sewn herself into an Asuka plug suit that she made because she didn't have a button and she didn't have the time to go get a button. Oh, my God. I could see that. That's, that's, yeah, I could see that, too. Dio has done the exact same thing. And then there is, there is Austin, local cosplayer, Austin J. Lee, uh, who is an absolute mad lad, an absolute agent of chaos, who something will happen or some meme will happen. And two days later, he'll have a cosplay for it. Yeah. I don't understand how he works. I've seen his house. I've seen everything he has. And it is perfectly set out to quickly pump out cool cosplays. And I don't understand how he has the drive for it. I don't understand how he has the time for it. Your mad lad is on another level. He was... He was actually the the example I was thinking of when you said, I don't know anyone who's ever put a cosplay together because it memed yesterday. Austin is the exception to that. (laughs) He really is. (laughs) It is 
So good. Very fair. Very fair. Creative endeavors can have so many different outlets and so many different inspirations. One thing that I've that I've personally uh, started getting into is I'm trying to make a little automated Internet of Things greenhouse. It was it was Dio's idea. She spoke to me about it, and it was something that I was like, you know what? That would actually really help. My basil is dying. My my chives aren't creating anything. I want these, and then I can get so many other nice, fresh herbs. I, I really want, like, a nice, fresh herb garden. But I'm in a basement suite right now, and it doesn't get enough light. There's just not enough natural light during the day to reasonably grow these plants. So what Dio suggested, we already, both of us already have a Raspberry Pi each. I feel like any reasonably nerdy person, you can go through their closet and they've probably got a Raspberry Pi. So Dio's idea was, okay, well, we can get some sensors, uh, wire it up, uh, magic programming, greenhouse. Suddenly greenhouse. Yes. Yes. Question mark, then profit. (laughs) And so I was thinking about it. And it's not the most obvious thing I've ever wanted to do. Uh, I have been wanting to get into like Arduinos and programming those sort of things so that you could like make a remote control. uh, One thing I've legitimately wanted to make a remote control tank chassis that I can put a cooler on. And bonus points, either remote control or face sensing and voice sensing so it can listen for a command and then drive over that person and deliver them a drink. That is something that I've wanted to make for like 10 years now, but I've just never really (laughs) tried to look into it. Dio, on the other hand, was like, oh, well, what if it was a greenhouse that could turn a light off and on and maybe water the plants on its own? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie, that sounds a lot easier than the than the cooler tank. <laughs> you gotta start somewhere. Yeah, start here. I'll integrate the cooler drink delivery uh, to afterwards. Yeah. And so I was thinking mm-hmm. about it, and I was like, well, all you would need is a light sensor uh, to sense how much light there is, and then a relay to turn off or on the light. That's super easy, I would think. You would think. I did think, and uh, I was right, actually. I can't How wait to see where think. this goes. So I went on it, onto Adafruit, and I bought a temperature and humidity sensor. I bought light sensors. I bought moisture sensors. I bought some water uh, solenoid valves, and I bought some relays. Okay. Sounds realistic so far. And so within within the first day of receiving them, the -hmm. shipping was its own issue. Within the first day of receiving them, I was like, holy shit, this is so easy. I can just take these code samples from online and punch them into, into Python. And I have light values and I have moisture and temperature values. This is interesting. And then me and Dio spend a day soldering up a bunch of new wires because the moisture sensor and the relay use a different wiring standard than the other sensors. 
Random, but okay. But by the end of that day, we had a moisture sensor working and we had a relay working. Over the course of the work week, I used downtime at work to set up what is called an MQTT broker. Mm. Write an MQTT client software to gather sensor data and send it off to the broker. And then I made another client that takes that data back and acts on it. So for for a layman, how would you explain that? I feel like that is the closest way I can explain it. And it doesn't make sense. Not even to me. I, I don't understand this bullshit. Dio just told me to do it. <laughs> Machine go burr. Plants get to live. Man, okay. I do know what MQTT is. So I'm just going to explain it as it's essentially a train network for delivering data back and forth and putting it into queues when you got to line up. And so that's the thing. Dio is like, you could make a stupid automatic greenhouse or you could make a smart automatic greenhouse that's Internet of Things. Oh, boy. On one hand, I am personally vehemently against Internet of Things. I... I do not believe in it as a concept, uh, as something that is secure and a good idea. Yet here you are. <laughs> and yet here yet I here am. You are. And yet here I am. I set up an MQTT Internet of Things broker on my personal web server. I have my Raspberry Pi speaking to my web server. And then my web server speaks it back to the Raspberry Pi. I don't know why I'm doing this yet, but it works. <laughs> This is the danger of just knowing enough to be dangerous. True. So the benefit of it is if I if I did it the simple way and the stupid way, uh, it would be a very nice automatic greenhouse that doesn't need any kind of network activity. It just does its own thing. The benefit of doing it Dio's way is that then you can modularly add on extra things to the greenhouse system. For example, if you wanted to make a nice fancy graph, you could have it as its own appliance, as its own program, as its own thing. It just, without even interacting with the other systems, scrapes the data that they're spitting out and just works with it. And that's how we found out how Angel- how much electricity money Angelo spent on his little grow up. Exactly. It is my grow up. And so far, I have spent $200 on parts. Oof. Okay. To be fair, that's parts so far to make one and a half of these systems. The light itself is the expensive part. I'm wondering what the most expensive edible item you can add to your grow up to make it, to start essentially making some money back. I know what you mean. I know where you're getting. And I joked with Dio that, good God, I am going to have to start growing pot with this thing to make my money back. But no. I mean, the joke was there. That is unfortunately not in this uh, system's future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the issue being, the issue with this system being, my relays aren't powerful enough to drive a really powerful light. And just a reminder, it is legal to grow pot in Canada under a certain amount. Just as a reminder for anyone who was thinking that it's not a good idea to talk about this (laughs) just to be clear so my relay can do up to 60 watts 
my one little grow light that I have is 27 watts. One of them is good enough to do herbs. I've I've done about five minutes worth of grow light research, and apparently this grow light is a par 40 grow light. I don't even know if that's the right way of saying that, but that means that it's on the top end of what you can use to have a nice, solid indoor herb garden. It is not enough for vegetative plants like tomatoes, even cherry tomatoes or peppers, <laughs> or the wacky tobacco. Well. I see. Now, if I added a second grow light, which the relay could potentially support, maybe. At the same time, so my research into grow lights led me to so many that had uh, reviews of melting Ooh. Ooh. and smoking and catching fire. That sounds... And those were all the ones that were like simultaneously cheap, but at the top end of what my relay could support. Like there are AliExpress grow lights that do like 50 or 100 watts. Uh, and they're only like $30 on AliExpress. And if you look into the reviews on sometimes even AliExpress, but even on other sites, if you cross-reference the model, uh. people are like, yeah, this shit burned down. This shit was melting. This shit was constantly <laughs> getting hot. I was getting plastic smells throughout my area. Uh, whereas I went the much more expensive and safer route. I went to Home Depot and I just went to their lighting section. They were like, yes, a grow light. It's $80. It does 27 watts of light. It's par 40. You can grow herbs with this. Excellent. I kind of, I kind of want to do that as well like my apartment gets enough light for growing plants but i have to sort of open up the blinds to my uh like living room and i don't while it's not actually that easy to see into my living mm, room i just don't really want to do that <laughs> i have no desire for people to potentially see into my den of debauchery so i but i do want my plants to grow like they're still going but i think they grow actually quite slow and they don't get nearly enough nutrition from the sun so i might have to go i might have to tap your shoulder in the future angela the near future especially in the oh, winter yeah. i am i'm really having fun with this project so far that's good and right now because it's only doing the automatic light uh it's only half done right now i also want to do the automatic water I have all the tools that I need for it. It's just at this point, it's making the greenhouse structure. I have the light hanging just right above my plants from some strings oh and the raspberry <gasps> pie just barely hanging <laughs> off to the side of it. Oh, my God. It is Jesus. the most janky setup. But since I installed this. This is why this is why people don't like grow ups, actual grow ups. Because they're worried that the house will burn down. Because you're describing the exact conditions that people keep grow-ups in. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, the most dangerous part, the most dangerous part about my system, ain't if I truly believed that it was a problem, trust me in that I would not run it, I know how dangerous this can be, mm -hmm. is that my grow light. The one thing I don't like about my grow light is it takes... 110 volts from the wall into the unit and does all the power conversion inside of itself. That means the only wires that I have easily accessible for my relay are 110 volt wires. That's a high voltage. That's terrifying. 
Mm-hmm. That's high voltage. That is dangerous. Uh, and that's okay. The relay, it can do up to 250 volts. It's made for it. And I don't have any of the metal bits exposed. It is safe. But... but the first, like, five grow lights that I picked out... So safe. ...that unfortunately said they had melting problems, they had step-down converters. They had, like, an AC adapter that stepped it down from, like, 110 down to Oof. 12 or 18 volts. And that is so much safer to work with. I mean, yeah. Assuming that the step-down is working well and safely. Which it should be. Like, a lot of those use laptop adapters. Yeah. Have you seen some of those bricks? Hmm. Well, the reviews were saying they were melting after all. Hmm, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of electricity usage, uh, my current fixed electricity price is up for renewal. And the, the, the rate that they were going to automatically renew me to is twice the rate that it currently is. And I called in and they were like, yeah, that that is actually our best rate. Like, it doesn't look like it, but that is actually our best rate. And I just like internally cringed. Are you going from like, are you going from like 699 cents per kilowatt hour up to like 14 or 15? Close. Yeah. Wow. It's uh, it's rough. And like natural gas also jumped a bit too, but not by nearly as much of a margin as my electricity rate. That is brutal. Yeah, like I just in time for winter. I personally really love self-hosting things. Uh, the only time that I've ever personally had an electric bill, it was stupendously cheap. And my home server at the time, I calculated out to 10 bucks a month to run it. It was a little bit of a power hog. A little bit. But yeah. Since then, the landlord pays for the electricity. I'll run whatever I want. <laughs> Within reason. Well, I think, aren't, don't we have that, like, government rebate thing? I don't want to yes. get into this too much because I do not want to get back into a mall economics. <laughs> I have a funny story about that government rebate. So since July, the government of Alberta has had a $50 rebate on electricity bills. And I believe yeah. it lasted uh, six months. So it's expiring mm. in January. Uh, yeah. Dio is currently, in the first time of her life, living in a place where she's responsible for the electricity. Mm-hmm. The first month came in and she was like, okay, that sounds like a right, a right bill. The second month came in and it was almost double what the first month was. And she was like, but what's going on? The third month comes in and it's like tripled and she's just sweating. She's, she's not understanding why. She, and I'm just, for this one, I was right beside her and I was like, oh, let me take a look. Let's, let's see what's going on. That can't be right. To be fair, uh, utilities bills are difficult to read. They are ridiculously difficult to read. But go and on. And what neither Dio nor me knew at the time was that there was the $50 a month government rebate plan. Mm-hmm. Dio didn't mm-hmm. understand that because of that, she actually had a credit on her account that her monthly electric bill was only coming out to like $5 a month after that. And so what she thought was Hmm. a a balance increasing was a credit because she had been paying them too much. Oh, interesting. Oh, so I was I was just laughing as I realized this, that 
she did not owe any money at all. That her ridiculous electricity bill was ridiculously small, and that yeah, she's she's worrying about nothing. When it when it says the CR beside the line, that means credit. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm in sort of in the same boat where I don't use that much electricity, being like, you know, one person living in one place. I in the last four months. I have been uh, owed a credit by NMAX. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, like, sure. That whatever. $50 can cover all of the admin fees and a good chunk of the usage fees. Mm-hmm. How nice for you. So that's kind of nice. Meanwhile, I'm... It sounds like Nancy hasn't been getting Meanwhile, good I've been sweating about yeah. my electricity rate doubling. Oh, no. <sighs> How did we get? How did sorry, we become an economics sorry. podcast twice? Just in a you row? reminded me of my. <laughs> Sometimes you <laughs> no, just don't be want sorry. to grumble. So, okay, I'm just to laughing. To finish my story, though, um, uh-huh. so my contract's been up for renewal. I have been putting off actually renewing to the new rate because the second you sign uh, the renewed rate, it Is immediately takes effect. Yeah. You don't wait until the end of your term and then the new one kicks in, which mm-hmm. I think is stupid, but. You're, you immediately kick into the new rate. So I've been putting it off. On Friday, as we are out for dinner, I get a message on Discord from a friend who works for NMAX. Nancy, you need to renew your rate now. It is going up again on Sunday. If you don't, if you don't get the one now, it's going oh, up a few no. more cents even by Sunday morning. And I was like... I like trying to figure out how to how to log into Nmax on my phone, and I was just like doing this while we're trying to order dinner, and I'm like, yeah. anyway, <laughs> this is this is not good this timing, but I gotta do this now. So uh, I eventually did get it done, but dang, that snapshot of the before and after of this was your old rate, and this is gonna be your new rate, and that's the one, the new one is gonna expire, and I was like, God. what is your rate right now? I'm. I know. I'm. Let's, I'm indulging in the, in the economics podcast. I know. In the economics <laughs> podcast. We shall. We shall discuss. This is where the spice and wolf part portion of the episode ends. Curious. Indeed. Please turn on your entertainment goggles now. <laughs> so, speaking of entertainment, mm-hmm. I hear you're becoming an educator. I am. That's it's entertaining, true. right? Everybody <laughs> thinks that school is an the most fun thing ever, educate. right? I'm I'm turning into an edutainer. Actually, I'm not even yeah. sure that's true. I'm not making like content like um You're not making Kyle. the funnies, you're making the goods. I'm I'm you know so I've been talking about putting on a voice acting course to try and get feelers out to see if people here in Calgary but also like all around Canada have been curious uh when I have I'm actually going to start it because I've I've been teasing it for like two Odafests now and a couple of comic expos, but because pandemic, uh, we never locked down an actual physical location for a studio to be able to have a handful of people or anything like that. So uh, because of that, we <laughs> because of that uh, we we been talking about it and then you know people have been emailing about it and just asking hey so uh that thing you talked about back during odafest is that like happening still because i still want to join uh so anyway we we sort of threw out the idea of having a physical class and just said let's just have it virtually uh which i think is a great idea because then i 
don't feel horrifically awkward speaking in front of a PowerPoint slideshow while standing in front of it. Now I just get to share a screen and talk about the slides, which somehow mentally translates in my head as more comfortable a setting than standing in front of people and speaking to a bunch of slides behind me. I mean, I would say that that is almost more appropriate for the topic at hand because, because voice, voice versus physical true. action. Uh, points for you there. That makes for a very compelling case that I'm choosing the correct format for this. Uh, but um, mm-hmm. I've always been about removing boundaries when it comes to entry into voice acting because when I started, it was a very intimidating space to try and get into like a lot of people didn't really know how to get started what they needed to get started um how to even go about it what sort of things are they walking into blind that sort of thing and so originally this was just this was going to be a course that was paid just enough for like my time to teach this course I wasn't going to make any money out of this it was just going to be like this is the time I'm sacrificing to do this I'll just pay for my time and that'll be that uh but because We decided to A, do this virtually, and B, um, I recently had a lot of really good, like, accessibility discussions with a bunch of people. I decided to just make the course free. So when we first announced the course, we had a contest, and a lot of people entered the contest, and when we chose the winners, we said the winners were going to get first dibs on the course, and they would get to get into the course for free. But because the course is now free... Now what we're going to do is we're going to give away, um, I believe, six hours of coaching time, like one-on-one coaching time to the winner. And then to the runner-up, we were going to give two hours. So now you're not only are the winners getting a course, but we're also going to get some one-on-one like coaching time with them. And then I get to try out my course content and make sure that it all makes sense before officially launch launching it as an in-person course, which will be a lot of fun too. But I'm really looking forward to it because I literally just spent like eight hours putting together slides and I'm so nervous about these slides looking terrible. <laughs> They'll look fine. You'll Don't worry. Be if anything, fine. it's not like you're just a programmer art generator great. or something like that. <sighs> cough, cough. Uh, if anything, <laughs> if anything, I know that it will look better than Oof. some of my computer science courses did, because I know that those props were like, I'm just going to put words on a white screen. I don't care what kind of font or if and there's any images or all anything. Uh, but at least they will look somewhat nice. I feel like I wouldn't be doing the, like the company credit if I wasn't at least putting like a nice look, like a a decently polished look to it. On one hand, I want to say mm. that I appreciated Fair. the uh, the blank, boring PowerPoints from some of my programming professors <laughs> a lot more than the way overdone, excessively pol- polished uh, animations on every single letter PowerPoint presentations that some of my English teachers had. But I said polished, not animated. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I think they'll be fine. I don't think you have to worry, Nancy. I really hope mm-hmm. that it's going to kick off well. Um, I've been getting to know the students a little bit over the last week, just from like peppering them with some questions. And uh, I think it's going to be fun. We have a really nice spread of people. It's going to be great. Uh, I'm going to learn a lot. I hope they're going to learn a lot. I'm really looking forward to it. What would you do if you learned that one of your students became wildly successful after your class? I would be so incredibly proud of them. Oh my gosh. And knowing that I had at least a small amount of 
direction in that, hopefully, that that would just, that would make my whole career, I think, to know that I taught someone to to that level. One thing that I actually learned over this weekend, uh, a good friend of yours and a good friend of OdaFest, Brendan Hunter, uh, I met a student of one of his voice acting classes. Mm-hmm. And they were a very successful VTuber. I don't want to say who, but that is something that I want to say. That that Brendan Hunter Hugh. voice acting courses. There, there, there's a pretty good VTuber, pretty good a VTuber. I mean, who took his course? That, that's interesting because it makes it actually makes a lot of sense. I would not have correlated the two immediately, but now that you actually mentioned that. Even not knowing who this person that you're specifically talking about, it makes a lot of sense. You're voicing your own character. You should have some voice training or vocal training would not hurt you in having a better VTuber performance for your streams. That just sort of goes hand in hand. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think there's actually a really good... Like, I think... You know, I approached it from the traditional sense, definitely thinking about, oh, you know, somebody who wants to get into voiceover work in general. Other applications. But there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities and yeah, applications, certainly, in individual pursuits as opposed to just career totally. pursuits. Totally. And guess what? I talk about that on the very first course. I think that's really I'll cool. I'll get to do a whole spiel on industry and that careers uh, on Tuesday. Nice. Which I'm very, very excited about. Speaking of voiceover, I kind of want to delve into this, but it's a little bit hairy, so I don't want to get into it it's worth talking about. Yeah. So there's a thing. Yeah, there's a thing in the voiceover community right now and the fan of uh, the Bayonetta community right now. Um, A lot? And it's been ongoing. Yeah, and a lot has unfolded since. We talked about it two episodes ago. uh, Lord. Yes. Not yes. Yeah. So it certainly I will has. start off by saying, no, I will start off by saying almost that, none of it good. Um, what's happened <laughs> does not take away from the very genuine and legitimate concerns that like voice actors don't get paid enough. Acting in general is not an ongoing stream of income, which means that your source of income has to be enough to sustain you like throughout a year of just existing. Mm-hmm. That is a very legitimate thing. However, had Helena mm-hmm. Taylor not omitted a lot of information, yeah. the internet would still largely be on her side. She, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> we rioting now, though. <laughs> a lot. She misled her audience, which mm-hmm. is completely unfair. What Helena Taylor thing. said at first is that she was offered 4000 Dollars to flat. voice just the whole mm-hmm. game for Bayonetta three flat, and yes. that was not true to begin with. No, it was not. The reality is that she was offered three three thousand to four thousand dollars for three to four sessions. Uh, no, four to five, four to five recording sessions. Yes. So that means that the minimum pay that she could have taken home was $12,000, with the upper end being Mm $25,000. Now, quite frankly, for a Mm -hmm. franchise as large as Bayonetta, uh, for the first game, you could say what you want, 
no one knew how it was going to perform at that point in time. Right now, making a Bayonetta mm-hmm. game, even on the Switch, is basically a license to print money. <laughs> and so if she said yes, they were offering, offering me up to $5,000 for a franchise worth $500 million. Well, she said $450 million. A number of times. Uh, I, I believe that number is also so inaccurate. Had she mm-hmm. been up front and been like... Millions it and could millions. have been twelve thousand to twenty five thousand. Mm-hmm. Probably the internet would still be like, you know what? That does actually sound very low. Still, we're on your side, Miss Mrs. Taylor. Uh, but when she didn't agree with that, and negotiations fell out, Platinum Games was still like, hey, we can't afford you, but here's what we can do: we can give you four thousand dollars for a very short cameo in the game. And so that is the final value, that $4,000 for the whole game that Helen Taylor was speaking about. Still misleading. Which is not like, yeah, she was. she's going to have like a bit part as opposed to mm-hmm. the main course of work. Um, so like huge re- misrepresentation. Second part of it was she was starting to ask fans of the game to not purchase the game and instead start putting that money towards a charity. And at first that seemed... Yeah, fairly that, altruistic. Yeah. When, when the news first broke and she first broke uh, right? the NDA, uh, that was one of the things that she said when she asked fans to boycott the game. And, you know, at face value, that sounds very altruistic. Mm-hmm. True. She did mention some of the, the economic crises that was happening in her home country. But, like, when she offered up a list of charities to donate to. That's where things got hairy. They got very hairy. Yeah. I would say that, generally speaking, so, like, from our perspective, I would like to say, like, we choose a charity, and but we're upfront about it. We know, like, exactly what we're kind of about. But she kind of started off on the line of, like, oh, go ahead and just donate to charity. Don't buy the game. Donate to charity. And then she started injecting, I would call a political opinion into who you should donate for, which basically started to go towards anti-abortionist billboard displays, which are those terrible... I don't want to get into this very much because no, they're I don't want to say very distasteful, this. but it's it, people have seen them around town in Calgary. They're the type of... Uh, literature, if that's such a kind word to use, um, where they display very graphic images of uh, what anti-abortionists beliefs may be about uh, uh, that topic. I really don't want to get into it. I don't don't really have the words. Shocking to see. It's very shock value based. Um, It's Mm -hmm. very upsetting. I have it's upsetting. Seen, it's untruthful. A yes. lot of them, a um, lot of the images are untruthful. Some of these on like the driving billboards, like they, they basically rent out like a big truck and they plaster both sides of the really big truck in very graphic, yes. uh, terrible images. And uh, they're just paid to drive around town. A- anyway, I, no one should mm-hmm. need to see things like that. That it's, they're very upsetting images, regardless what your beliefs are. No. Yeah. So needless to say, you're allowed to have your beliefs, but don't start advocating, I think, in a sense where it's 
there's political motivation, right? Like there's 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 a lot of charities. There's a lot of great uh, uh, causes that can use the support. No. You do not need to make it political. You do not need to make it controversial. You mm-hmm. could just be like, help out sick kids. No one likes having kids that are sick. True. Period. Ta-da. So any future uh, exceptionally wildly successful students of Nancy's voice acting classes, be honest (laughs) and shut up sometimes. (laughs) Only sometimes. True. The power of silence. If you be honest (laughs) and shut up sometimes, people will love you. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's talk about some nicer things. Uh, we are recording on the 30th of October. Ooh. One Candy day, day before the big spooky, spooky day. <laughs> the day where I give yeah. my soul to all the sugar in the world. Yeah. Uh, anyone have? I literally have none. The plans? The plans for the spooks? I have not figured out what I want to do tomorrow. Me I, I did my thing <laughs> that I wanted to do for Halloween. You want to hang out? The thing was that I was going to do my hair like Lucy from Edge Runners, which I did this morning. The, sh- the shame here is that it doesn't show up mm-hmm. on camera. It looks really nice in person. It does not show up on a camera. Oh, no. Yeah. We are like because we we record with webcams on just to see each other. Yes. Um. But yeah, like you, you Nancy's hair looks you can't as tell. normal as ever. I tried taking so many selfies today <laughs> to be like, look what I did with my hair. It's really cool. No, not even close. You can't even see it. It's like a really. I'm sure it is very cool. But in fairness, if you know the character of Lucy, you look at her hair, it's pastels. It's not neons. So that being said, it's not surprising that generic lighting and and not enough of that de- like color density, like the the saturation. Saturation. There's a word for color <laughs> density. Uh 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 starts with an S. Saturation, that's the one. It's not a surprise that unfortunately wouldn't show up so well in, you know, general photos, videos, that kind of really thing. Cool. But I'm sure it looks really good in person. Uh, like a whole Did maybe you spend a lot of time 20 on it? minutes this morning because I had to put. So Lucy's hair on top is usually left like white. Heck so yeah. I did like a chunk of teal here in the middle of the mm-hmm. of my hair. And then like at the very ends, it's pink. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And the teal looks really good. It fades into the pink instead of nice. having like a solid delineation between them just because of that. That's just the way that it, it the dye took. But like I have some purple too. It's like a lavender and I, I put that in the top. So mm-hmm. it looks really cool. It's like a purple and then it fades into a teal and then it fades into pink at the tips. It looks really nice. And I don't get to share it with anybody unless I get to see one person. <laughs> you know. Are you are you handing out candies? Okay. Can so, we come trick or treat? Mondays are <laughs> Monday evenings are usually my divinity night. Oh. And we did not we did not cancel it. Oh. So I will be playing Divinity for Spoopy Night. And Sean oh. will be handing out the candy. Well, he does have an actual like Div- Star Trek outfit that he could yeah. wear if he chooses to. Nice. It's like one of the new uh the new Star Trek movies, like the nice blue uniform. Very nice looking uniform. Ooh. Oh, that would be super nice. 
I think if I if I do anything, it'll probably just be going over to Dio's and cool. uh, watching spooky documentaries and like ghost stories and things like that. Mm. I used to love the uh, the spooky, spooky documentaries movies. they would play on TLC as a kid. They were so good. Yeah, they talked like, about like weird haunted towns, like old mine still towns do that. that got shut down. Like, oh, really? TLC, Discovery, History Network, uh, Sci-Fi Channel, they always have something really yeah. good for Halloween. They do those uh, paranormal shows. There's my favorite one, and my favorite is, I don't know why, but at work... So at work, we have like a bunch of TVs set up. Some of them are set to like news every now and then, but a lot of them are just like set to like everything weird from, and I say weird as a variety. There's like, oh, sometimes it's sports. Wow. Sometimes it's telenovela, it. like <laughs> Spanish drama. Sometimes it is, uh, uh, well, sometimes it is, I can't remember the name of the show right now, but it's like, paranormal what? house renovators <laughs> where they go into a house and before and they're like looking to renovate it and change it it's like it's the one where it's basically somebody who uh like house flippers but with exorcists no 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 it's not a house flipping thing it's two different it's two different parties but they both present the same show there's a paranormal aspect where one, like two of the hosts are like, oh, like, you know, there's a history here. We're getting bad energy, bad vibes. And like the person who owns the house are like, yeah, this door always creaks and it kind of opens on its own. It's kind of creepy. And then there's an actual um, um, fixer upper guy. <laughs> Who goes in there and he's like, Yeah, it's well, imbalanced. I can tell you why that's happening. You see, like, the hinge on the door is slightly off by like 0. 0.5 degrees. I and love therefore, it. that's why it always swings up. I love it. Oh my God. I love that. That <laughs> sounds so good. Party yeah, I'll find the name of the show for you guys. It's really funny. I watch yeah, it on YouTube I've, every I've now and then. I've watched Party That. Find me the name of the show and maybe me and Dio yeah. can vibe with that for Spooky Night. <laughs> Yes. Paranormal. The Jay's house Google history repair. must be so I don't know what it's called. It's something. It is. You don't want to know. <laughs> a lot of it is research for Odafest. Oh. That's what I tell people. Yeah. Yeah, we will. We we'll trust you on that. Mm-hmm. If something ever yes. happens to you, I'll come over and I'll delete your browser history. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I already have a dead man switch. Don't worry. Thinking ahead. <laughs> You got to be ahead of the times, man. Yeah. But yeah, this is sort of the first year I haven't had any, like, I never do really big plans for Halloween, but this is the first year I don't have any solid plans for Halloween. I'm, I would like to hang out, but we'll see what happens. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just, I've had a really busy weekend and I just have Yo, not had time Last week was so cursed. I was really, it. like, I had a bad migraine oh. day. Thanks, mm-hmm. Chinook. Uh, I, I fell down the stairs. Um, lots of, of unrelated things blew up at work that affect me, but weren't like, you know, directly caused by us. Like, like last week was, last week was weird. Yeah. I had uh, a mouth wound that prevented me from speaking, talking, (laughs) drinking, eating, like anything, like even existing. Did you know that your mouth moves a lot when you're just like sitting still and not doing anything? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that sucks when you have a mouth a mouth ulcer. 
I can only imagine. So now it feels great to do all this talking on podcast again to get all of that out. It felt like I was like, it, it was like being pent up. You're not allowed to talk because it hurts to talk. And then when you're able to talk oh. again, you just, you have so much to say. And I think we'll have to say it. I think I found the show. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I think it's either there's either what haunted renovation or paranormal home inspectors. I think it's paranormal home inspectors. And oh. then apparently there's another show, which is probably even worse called great. Murder that House. That sounds Flip. amazing. That sounds amazing. We got it's it's what was that again? So paranormal investigators. No, paranormal oh renovators. Ho- home paranormal inspectors. home inspectors. Haunted renovation. And then haunted renovation. Yeah. Murder, and then murder house flip. Which only, I think it only lasted one year, one season in 2020, but I believe Speaking Paranormal Home Inspectors nice. is still going on. Speaking of still going on, we'll be back next week. We'll be Happy still going on next week. Dun, Happy dun, belated Halloween. Dun. Dun.